0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Sample Hour. Before we get started with your show today, I would just like to give a shout out to the podcast affiliates slash sponsors. The first people that we have, um, super excited about this, Nature's Image Farms. So I've been looking for a good meat farmer around, and then I had Greg on, and I just kept thinking about how, man, it would be nice if I could just buy some local meat, and I was like, why don't I just buy some meat from Greg. And at the same time, Greg, shortly, shortly after me thinking that, sends me a text asking if he could be an affiliate, or if his farm could become affiliate with the podcast. And I said, absolutely, sir. So right now, if you want to get some, if you're in the Ohio area, you want to get some craft chicken, craft Thanksgiving turkey, or get on a list for hog. So he doesn't have any hog for sale now, but I'm sure he would take a list for the future. I don't know. I haven't said anything to him, so I'm sure I'll get a message from Greg saying if this is okay or not, but send it to him anyways. Greg needs to know if he has demand, and uh, right now, you can also get some forest-raised chicken. I just bought eight of them. Um, there's a funny photo that's on Facebook, and uh, I'll probably put it on the website as well, of me holding the, taking the eight chicken challenge, and I could hold all eight frozen chickens in my arms. It's pretty fun and exciting. Um, Greg also, even if you're not in Columbus or even if you're not, um, in the Ohio area and, you know, let's say you want to get some comfrey, Greg actually does ship comfrey. So right now he has Bocking 4 and 14. So just go to click on the link in the show notes or go to nature's image farm on Facebook. Soon there'll be a website and you can just go to the website and place orders from there. Just make sure you let Greg know that you heard about This offer on the sample hour. Um, Our additional affiliates, as you may have known, as you may have known, that makes a lot of sense. As you may know, first we have newfarmsupply.com. So go to newfarmsupply.com if you want to get trees, grafting tools, a bunch of cool permies stuff. Check out what Grant Schultz has. Changes regularly. um, So go there, use code word sample and save 20% on anything you buy. Um, And finally, we are an affiliate with ProfitableUrbanFarming.com. So if you click on the link in the show notes, you can actually save $100 on the course itself. Um, Or there's also one for the payment plan, which is the way that I went. So everybody, I hope you enjoy this show. And uh, keep tuning in and share this podcast with all your friends. Thanks a lot, guys. (laughs)
1: <laughs> All right, let's do this ladies let's do it. ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of the sample hour um been meaning to get this gentleman on we've been friends on uh the facebook's for a while now and both are it's both our first years in farming um this gentleman actually hit me up man when did i think it was like in the spring and you were saying that you're probably going to be having this big event coming on. And I was like, dude, I'd like to make it. And, uh, but now it's, it's really cool. Cause I'm definitely going to go, um, because of timing. Cause I think when you first told me, you said August and now it's, or maybe I'm just an idiot, but now it's coming up. It's going to be in September, um, mid September. But, um, this gentleman, he is the owner and operator of it's neoteric farms. Correct.
2: Correct, sir. Yeah,
1: yeah he is. Uh, he's got some some cool microgreen stuff going on. He posts quite a bit in the regenerative agriculture group, um, and you part, you post the market gardening success group too, right? Yep, I do. Yeah, and and microgreens both, me.
2: both very awesome groups.
1: Yeah, and you're in the. Uh, I mean, you're in the same. We're in the same fold on the facebooks, and uh, so, anyways, Mister Benton McKibben, how are you doing today, sir?
2: I am doing great, man. I apologize for being a little late on the interview tonight.
1: <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, man. I mean, it is it is what it is. I mean, look, it, it, I was up editing, and I was like, dude, this guy's probably harvesting. Because your first, this is your second farmer's market Saturday?
2: Uh, first one is actually, um, oh, is today Thursday? Today's Thursday. Yeah, yeah a, w- a week from today. So it's actually Thursday nights.
1: Oh, no way. Thursday nights. Yeah. Why not yeah, uh, so that, could you not do a Saturday or what what happened with that?
2: Well, you know, man, I mean this this whole venture has been like insane, man. I mean I it's it's so much work and just I don't you know, I've never done a far, farmer's market before and uh I don't I'm not hundred percent sure on what all I'm gonna be able to supply. So I was like, well, you know, I've heard that weekday farmers markets can be a little less busy. Yeah. For me, where I'm at, I'm actually kind of okay with that for now. <laughs> you huh. know, like I don't know what demand I'm gonna go to meet, so I think I'm just gonna try it out. And it's kind of a smaller one. There were some bigger ones I was looking at getting on. But there was like four or five other farms on it that were doing – a lot of them, none of them were doing the microgreen stuff, which is kind of cool. But a lot of them were doing a lot of the same field crops that I'm going to be running. And, I, you know, I know a lot of them just because I've paid attention the last couple of years, and they're kind of more established. So I was like, well, I don't want to – I don't want to go competing with that just yet. You know, not that it's a competition, but you know, it's, it's my first year. So I figured Thursday night, kind of slower thing, let me get settled in and get, fi- get things figured out. And, um, so yeah, that's why I went with this one.
1: Yeah. Similar for me, man. Like we went, we were in a small one last year. I was mainly helping my, like my partner in crime, Joel and, uh, um uh, Joel Cameron Harris on Facebook guys, go friend him. Um, anyways, he, uh, we did one. It was like because we're urban farmers, and it was like in in his neighborhood and here in Columbus. And it was it was kind of time for me to do my own thing. And we we talked about like just branching out and 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 being having a presence in different locations. And I actually the only one I could find was actually in this. It's like twenty minutes outside the city, or maybe yeah, it's like fifteen minutes outside the city, but twenty minutes from where I'm at. And it's a smaller one. And luckily. You know, I'm the only one there that's like consistently has produce. And it's like I'm the only I'm the urban farmer with probably the smallest plot of land and I just slaying uh salad mix and micros and uh root crops. But um yes, yeah, so how did you uh so how did you get started? Like what made you say I want to be a farmer?
2: Um well, okay, so I mean I kinda got started in this whole Far I mean just growing for myself and growing my own food was the thing that got it all started and that kind of happened I found the Jack Spierko who's uh, gonna be one of our awesome speakers at the event in September uh, I found him a couple years ago and his uh, podcast the survival podcast and uh, you know, he kind of got me going just really looking at my food and where my foods coming from and you know like I, I, you know, he's, he's said many things, many times, but one of the kind of general vibes is like, well, if you can grow a hundred, you know, a hundred dollars worth of tomatoes every year, why would you not do it? You know,
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, like,
2: like it, it doesn't make any sense to not do it. And so I got started just kind of in that. And then once I started, you know, just gardening a little bit and organic gardening, you start finding all the cool seed companies on all the crazy heirloom varieties and, So, you know, I did the stupid thing that a lot of people do and I ordered like hundreds of dollars worth of stuff that I'd never grown or didn't even know how to cook. And so, you know, I had a couple kind of rough years with that and just kind of experimenting with this organic gardening, urban farming thing. Nothing, nothing to do with like production level or anything like that. And then, um, you know, a couple like, I don't know, two years ago, maybe ish, um, he had Luke Callahan on for an episode and they talked all about microgreens and it was about starting your own business. And, you know, he had a deal where you could get the book for his ebook for 30 or 40 bucks or something like that. And so I just, I'm like, Oh, this this sounds really cool. And, you know, you don't have to have this huge infrastructure and it's a good way to get started. And it sounds like you can actually make decent amount of money, you know, per tray doing it. it just sounds like a pretty cool business to get into. So I got pretty psyched about the idea of that. And I got his book and man, that, that got me started as far as, like, get doing produce for market. And, you know, I found a couple of restaurants to work with. And uh, they love the product. You know, you can do some really cool, really interesting colors and stuff with microgreens. And so I got going on that and started what, bringing
1: uh, in. What varieties do you grow, man? Because that book only really tells you pea shoots, radishes, and uh, sun shoots. So what uh, What different uh, kinds? Because I... I got mustard and the mustard I got doesn't yield worth a shit. So I think I'm going to try a different man.
2: I've messed around with so many varieties just because once you really start looking at that, that kind of niche area of seeds at different websites, you find some really cool stuff. And for me, you know, like one of the things that Luke does mention is you really don't, you want to approach kind of higher end restaurants, people that are asking you know, 15 plus dollars for a dinner plate and they're all about the color, man. They're all about yeah. the crazy and flavor you know, the, pur- the purples and the reds and the yellows and, you know, like all that stuff. So I've really tried to dial in on uh, like color specific ones. So I, you know, I tried pea shoots and I tried sunflower and I tried all this other stuff and it went okay. But um, right now I'm doing. seed about 22 trays a week and that's basically doubling up on each variety so I'm doing about 11 varieties and I do uh, red amaranth I do purple sango radish I do uh, bull's blood beets I do ruby red chard I do bright lights chard um, I do dill Uh, I just started doing this variety of radish called china rose radish which has like a really pink stem to it so they really like that Oh, I think I'm leaving out. I just started doing, I'm trying to do some lemon balm microgreen that I just found. Um, So yeah, man, I'm just, I'm all about the trying to do the color the colorful stuff as much as I can. And I have not for the life of me, you're supposed to be able to like grow corn, corn shoots and they stay yellow because you grow them in the dark, but I have not been able to figure those things out yet.
1: You can do (laughs) pea shoots and get them yellow. So I
2: dude, d I don't know how, how do you grow something in the dark, man? Dude, the I pea like shoots every- just
1: fucking grow. That's the cool thing. Like I did it once. I'll have to try that again. I had a I had a chef um say, Can you do the yellow or the golden pea shoots? And I go, uh Yeah. He <laughs> Is goes, that a
2: specific variety of seed? Or-
1: <laughs> yeah, and then he goes, uh well, so I think there might be, but I called them golden pea shoots because they were gold. And all I did was I, I tried one tray. I grew like I normally just grow like Four tray, like I, I usually have like, uh, like twelve to sixteen trays going, and the one tray I just stuck in the dark at this nice closet, and I just stuck it in there, and it just grew because <laughs> it, it's looking <laughs> for light, yeah, so yeah, totally. it will continue to like grow, and then it's golden night. He ended up uh doing what chefs like to do and just tried it and said, well, I'm not ready for him yet. And I'm like, yeah. cool. <laughs> now he's it, he's actually like changing up the menu. And that restaurant's been, been a great relationship. It's my buddy's restaurant. Nice. And uh but so I just sold them all at the farmer's market. And I was like, yeah, these are the golden pea shoots. And everyone would buy those over normal pea shoots. <laughs> and like they probably don't have as much nutrients in them because they don't get the light, but... It's really not hard, so if you're looking, so what I would say is um I would do the golden pea shoots like if because their pea shoots grow so fast and so easy, man like that's the thing
2: well, that yeah, and that was like I was kind of disappointed when they you know not a lot of people bid on that or like the sunflower, you know because they're super prolific and they're super easy to grow, yeah, and you know some of the, some of the stuff that they really want like some of the micros are very uh particular. And I, it's taken me like six to eight months of doing it to really dial in on some of my varieties. Some of my varieties I've had problems on with yield and germination problems and this and that. I mean, I've had tons and tons of problems, man. But
1: Yeah, yield's <clears> the <throat> biggest thing for me. Like I got this red, something red mustard in it. It tastes like mustard. Um, it just like and actually, like people in my market really like the spicier ones, but it just doesn't yield well man so i'm I'm gonna switch to something else like did you find with the other two radishes that it actually yields better just as good or a little as close as good as like the daikon radish?
2: uh the purple is it probably yields okay on a daikon radish tray, I can yield about fifteen to eighteen ounces per tray. It's amazing,
1: yeah, a little bit over a pound, right.
2: Yeah. And then, um, on the purple, I get about six to eight ounces per tray. Even though I do, I've done the exact same amount of seed. I've done more seed. I've done less, you know, like I experiment with my seed ratios all the time. And some of them I just cannot get up to, you know, like I can't get the purple up to what the Daikon does, you know. But, like, I did the China Rose this week, and it's right up there right next to the Daikon. And so there's there's a lot of really
1: – So if I was um, going to expand out, you think, the China Rose for, you know, yield per, seat, or yield per tray easy, is right up easy there. Easy
2: yield, man. Easy yield, easy grower um, – and then, you know, I mean, for anybody out there that, you know, is interested in these microgreens, man, it's um, the majority, I'd say 70% of my crops are a six to seven day turnaround.
1: <laughs> That's pretty solid. It's- like I even tried with the mustard, like maybe I'm just not leaving them under the light. So I left one tray and I watered them and some of it would grow faster than others. So I'm like, man, this is... This mustard variety is just pissing me off, dude. You
2: gotta mess with your varieties, man. I've, I've yeah. gone through a lot. Like I did three different mustards before I I settled on one. What that, mustard
1: you know, do was, you What mustard do you do? Do you do the red Mizuna? That looks like it's uh, this guy. No, I mizuna. think I
2: tried that one. Um, man, I haven't run it for a couple months now, just because nobody's really into it right now. But I still have a bunch of seed. Um, I think it's like the Red Mammoth or something like that. And so, yeah, that's that's what I. Let been
1: me doing. know what it is, and so I can put in the show. notes Because yeah, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, probably I'll... buy, I'll buy that seed just to try. Because I just like throwing money into my farm. It just, you know, just spend more money Dude, that oh, solves that's, every that's, problem. That's right.
2: Another that's another warning that I'll throw out there for people trying micros is if you're gonna do it, like start with like four, maybe five varieties, and get those really, really dialed in, and just stick to those seeds and run a couple cycles with those seeds and those varieties because. Man, I've dumped literally thousands of dollars worth, you know, into micro green seed. Yeah. And if I were to be smart about it, I probably could have spent half of what I did on just trying to do way too many varieties all at once. And just, so just you know, start with three or four, get them really dialed in, get your yields up, make sure you're not having any, you know, mold issues. That's one thing that can happen with micros, you know. I so. had,
1: uh, man, I just had to ditch four trays of sunflowers <laughs> last week.
2: Because yeah, yeah. Had
1: some uh, a lot of that was because of the way I seeded it, and then I knew the humidity was getting too much in the basement. And I didn't have. Yeah, like, yeah. These it's, it's,
2: it's it's definitely an issue, man. Um, yeah. Are you doing? Are you doing paper towels on everything?
1: No, I haven't done paper towels on anything.
2: On anything. Okay, I, the so only like, time
1: I had issues with mold, is, and I know exactly what I did. Like my basement's actually pretty. Like my setup's actually pretty good. It's pretty favorable. It's just I knew there's humidity in there and I needed to like get, get the air flowing in the the basement. Basically I I just have like I have like three fans. Like there's a window at the top of like there's so the room I'm in now, the basement door is right in front of the door in here. So I have like a fan in the basement that blows air up, then I have another fan that blows air towards the window, then a fan that blows air out of the window. So it kind of sucks <laughs> the air out, and it's it's yeah, like a yeah. simple you know little hillbilly fix, <laughs> and um and that actually does the problem. Like I don't have a lot of issues with with mold, but this time I think it was because the way I seeded it, I didn't really drain the sunflower seeds that much. And there's a lot yep. of stupid things I did, man. But um, well, and
2: there's a lot of little like. Man, there's a lot of little stuff with microgreens. Like, it's easy to get started with and kind of get the general grasp of, but if you're really going to, like, make it, you know, a part of your thing that you depend on or a part of your business or whatever, you know, there's a lot of little things that you just start to get after months and months of doing it. Like, man, I've had so many problems and so many issues and so many failures, but, you know, after. Six to eight months, like, I'm just starting to dial in. So, like, half of my crops, I do use paper towels on. And then half of them, because of, um, they'll actually start to, like, they'll start to seed into the paper towels. When you go to take off, you end up taking off, like, half your seeds and your tray gets all messed up. So, like, all my chard, all my beets all my dill um, and a couple others, I don't use paper towels on and I'm getting, I just started changing this like two weeks ago and I'm starting, I was getting horrible germination as well. I was getting really bad germination for some reason. And now I'm getting like 80 to 90% germination on all my stuff. And it's just a little, you know, I changed one thing I I'm, I'm not using paper towels on those crops and I'm probably going to up my, you know, my yields on those by 50 to 60%, you know? So it's a lot of little stuff and, you know, you spend so much time working with it and eventually it's just this like intrinsic kind of feeling that you get where you're like, you know, I think this variety needs this or I think this one needs a little more oxygen. I think I'm going to put this one on top of the stack instead of the bottom of the stack, you know, like
0: yeah.
2: little little stuff like that, man. So it's, you know, I encourage everybody to try it out and get into because it's what, it's what really got me started with having uh, uh, one of the biggest things is the turnaround time. You know, like I've had, I've had crops where I'm like, man, if I could get one more day out of these, they'll be right where I need them. Cause they're a little bit short right now. So I'll call up the chef and be like, Hey man, can I get you one day later? You know, instead of Friday, can I get you like Saturday morning? And he's like, yeah, no problem. And, I, and just that amount of time can make the difference, you know? So,
1: so the, the an issue I've run into with the rad, <clears throat> do you do bottom watering or top watering?
2: I, <laughs> I do top watering now. I I was experimenting for a couple months where I had the trays, everything that was seeded with the tr- with you know the stuff in it, would sit inside of a tray that didn't have holes. Yeah, and I would lift up the one that had the stuff in it, and then I would just pour water into the bottom one. Yeah, and I would let it soak in, and it's it's really effective on some stuff. But That's what I was going to st- say.
1: Pea shoots, radish, and sunflower yep. works really yep. well on. The mustard, I was trying to figure out why I was having issues with mustard, and that was something I figured out was Totally, man. You gotta you gotta top water mustard. And that was something like because there's no a lot of the shit, there's no instructions, like there's really good instructions for pea shoots, radish, and sunflower because you know, Chris Throw did it, Luke did it, Curtis does it. Um But a lot if you go into other varieties, man, you're you gotta become a pioneer and just figure that shit out on your own. And it's a lot of trial and error and that was something I noticed too was uh I, I couldn't it like it, it that was like if you don't top water it, it doesn't yield the same so I, and I'm going to try that mustard one more time and just top water it and see what happens
2: yeah yeah man it's I mean like I said it's <laughs> all all little little tiny stuff that makes a big difference but yeah
1: something that's, else that's i noticed I, was... I don't know if you ran into this before i interrupt you again i'm just no, going to do good. this one last time is <laughs> i realized like i would like if i waited like a little too long on the radish they would just start to fall over and i and i'd have to harvest them like pretty much what i noticed in my like once i put the radish under the light pretty much i have 2 days and then i got to cut them Hey. Yeah,
2: they they move fast, man. You start getting your second set of leaves real quick.
1: Yeah, or they'll just fall over. Like mine was just because I was like I messaged because they
2: were drying out, or
1: I don't know. I, I texted. Luke. That's
2: I've I've had that issue, man. I've come home where I didn't water enough the night before, and I get off work the next day, and I come home, and they're like falling over dead. Yeah, just because I didn't get enough water. But what, Did, but you, with the top actually, watering,
1: do you, do you top water your radishes too?
2: You know, I've I basically standardized everything now to top water it's it's i could probably you know maybe a year from now i could go back to doing where like half my stuff i bottom water and then the ones that meet top i do that but just for now to keep things across the board and simple i've been top watering everything i mean bottom watering is a great method and it keeps your stuff a lot cleaner for harvest you know you're not you're not watering down to the soil to pick up all that stuff and so there's a lot of benefit to it but just for the ease of my operations right now i'm just top watering everything
1: that makes sense just to process it um Well, that's cool, man. And then uh, you also are doing – I see you got – we have the same hoop house, which is cool. You actually have shit inside yours that you grow, though. Like I don't – my hoop house is pretty much just to be used as a nursery because it's on top of blacktop. But um, uh, you're doing – are you doing tomatoes in your hoop house then, like Curtis?
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm doing his uh, his super – Chop the hell out of them, train them up the string, kind of method. And man, it's the first time I've ever done that method. And the you know the first couple couple times that you're cutting stuff off of there, you're you know. Um, you know, for people who don't know what it is, you know, you do a indeterminate variety, which is more of the vining type of tomato versus like the bush type. And every time it tries to start a new lead off the side, you cut that off. So your main lead just keeps going up and up and you train it up the string as you go. And the first couple times you cut it, it's like, you feel bad almost. You're like, man, I'm taking off a lot of this plant. And I, man, I have to go in there and clip mine like two to three times a week. Cause you get these new little shoots coming up, but you know, you, you kinda learn to recognize them, you see the pattern after a while and you start seeing the flowers coming out and um you know, so it's like mine are mine are almost as tall as me now, you know, about six foot tall um on a lot and I'm starting to get a lot of flowers coming out. And I'm starting to get little little green tomatoes popping out now. I got my beehive just around the corner, so they're flying in there, pollinating all the time and um so yeah, right now I I only have tomatoes in there. I wasn't sure what I wanted to plant in there just cause of my timing and everything. So I actually just added a bunch of amendment to those today and I got the till throughout and I got those all prepped. And so they're pretty much ready for seed now. And I have a zone. I got my irrigation all set up and my clock and everything. And it's pretty easy to add zones now. And I actually plumbed in a zone for my greenhouse greenhouse and so i just got to go and get the uh you know basically build like the manifold parts and get the drip tape all out and get that kind of assembled but once i have that ready to go i will be fully irrigated in the greenhouse right now i just got like a soaker hose going on the tomatoes and that's it's working for now
1: that's cool yeah i just got uh overhead irrigation set up for my garden like just because it's i don't know like my my sh- my plot's so small man all i need is the two sprinkler heads and, yeah, and yeah. just with the greens too just watching Curtis's videos and like he really I mean the only issues he's really had is with arugula um, with the drip line but it's just like man it's it just works easier and ever since I got that irrigation going man that shit's been growing fast and it's like I just do it I don't know if I'm watering too much but I'd rather err on the side of watering too much Um, Scott and I were just just talking about it man but when I had Curtis on the second time and I was asking him like well what do you do in the south where people say that stuff can't grow he goes and this stuff can grow anywhere. It's just usually they don't water it enough. It yep. Makes sense. So, um. So, well,
2: and with the, drip, with the drip line stuff, you know, I went with all the drip tape and all that. And it's, man, it's pretty low water use. I mean, you know, you're running at like 10 or 12 psi max. I mean, and it's just, you know, like, I mean, you're, you're set up. It makes sense because you're kind of in a small area and you got the overhead thing and that's just kind of easy to go. Whereas. You know, like out here, I mean man, we've been we've been having like hundred degree days in Colorado, which usually you know, we'll see some high nineties in like June or July or I mean or July and August usually, but man, we're in June and we've already seen like three or four hundred degree days. And um man it's it's pretty nice with the drip stuff because it just goes right to the ground you know you're not watering a bunch of weeds and stuff on the side, and you know you're not watering everything and so it's it's a pretty pretty efficient system and it's uh i've been i have been digging it for sure
1: that's awesome dude so um since so your first year in the farm and it's it seemed like um because you know the season's just now come for the farmer's market so it seems like you know a lot of what you're getting your cash flow from, though, is the micro greens. At this point, have you been able, Have you been able to like sell other greens to the restaurants as well, like salad mix and stuff like that?
2: Well, I just started cutting my first heads of Salanova like a week or two ago, and so I just took a sample in last week to the re- like my biggest my biggest customer, <clears throat> just because I don't have I don't have too much ready yet. But they really liked it when I talked to him last week. But I hit up the chef earlier this week, and I haven't really heard back. And you know, he's a busy guy. But you know, I got delivery tomorrow, so I'll be going to talk to him and I'll see what they think. And you know, I've 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 told them about the other stuff I'm gonna have coming on. You know, I'm gonna have like purple carrots and Easter egg radish and stuff like that. And so they're really psyched about it. So I haven't I haven't crossed that threshold yet. But I don't I don't see it being uh, it's kind of a non-issue. I mean, like as soon as I, I'm pretty sure as soon as the stuff's ready, they'll they'll probably take plenty off my hands. So, yeah,
1: that's awesome, dude. That's yeah. really cool. Um, well, awesome, man. So, uh, how, I think it's time to start transitioning. What made you decide <laughs> to be this, this crazy man and say, I want to put on this big event that is, this is just, it's huge. And I just want to say, as a promoter, um, we talk, We were talking before the show, like, uh, you know, putting on comedy shows, and I, I talked to Diego a little bit about this too, like, I know how stressful it is to put on a comedy show and, like, do a couple different cities, find the venues and, and all that, get hotel rooms, buy plane tickets, get these comics, you know, get these comics out there, get them set up, sell tickets, all this stuff it's stressful and that's just you know like maybe four shows and it's just maybe at most I only have to pay two comics but this is this is huge you'd have to be an insane person to want to do this <laughs> what made you guys like how did you so when did this come about cuz you're doing this with a buddy and uh and if you guys don't know what we're talking about we're talking about the regenerative agriculture conference it's the first ever it's it's the 2016 regenerative agriculture conference And if you guys go to fundraiser spelled like the shitty cell phone that Motorola used to make, F-U-N-D-R-A-Z-R dot com forward slash generative agriculture, you guys can go and actually contribute, help put on this event and get your tickets through. And I'm going to be doing that here soon. Um, so when did, when were you guys, um, come, what, what made you guys say, let's, let's do this or how did, how did this conversation come about? What, what made you guys want to start doing this?
2: Well, uh, I think it kind of originated for me, like on my own a little bit, just because, um, not, I'm not taking credit for this event in itself, but just for me, um, I actually got to see Curtis. I got to meet Curtis out. I just happened to be in, uh, California out in San Diego on a, on a work trip and he was doing his book tour for urban farmer. And uh, so I got to go and meet him. um you know, I had some time off from the word conference that night, so I went over to this library and got to see him talk and got to meet him and diego and that was really cool and I was just jazzed on his book, man, like I had been I was like eighty percent of the way through finishing his book, and then I was down at that event, and I was like trying to read the you know the last twenty percent as fast as I could because I'm like, oh man, I get to meet him this week, I want to have this thing finished and so I got to go out and meet him and, you know, got my book signed. and got to hang out with him and talk with him for a few minutes. And that was just, like, it was really inspiring to, you know, see him live and, you know, just, like, give a live performance and talk about the stuff he's doing. And, you know, I was, I was really inspired by it to start with. So uh, I hit him up and I'm like, hey, man, what would it take to get you to come out to Colorado? Um, you know, I'd love to have you come speak. And he's like, well, you know, it's – it would make it would make a lot more, you know, I'm like, I want to have a little get together, like maybe at my place and have maybe 20 or 30 people come out. And he's like, well, you know, it makes a little more sense if you can get a larger group because, you know, I'm coming all the way from Canada. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, that's cool. You know, I totally, totally get that, totally understand. And, you know, if I get there's there's a lot of cost involved there, as you said. Uh, It takes a lot to organize something like that, even for one person. Um, You know, I actually come from like a music background. I was doing a bunch of really, really heavy metal stuff a couple years ago. And, uh, you know, we took our shows like really seriously and we we made sure that they were on point. We had lighting people that we would hire and, you know, we'd, we'd go out and set up promotional things and we'd try to get in touch with the radio stations. And we were very systematic about our promotion and stuff. And so I carried a lot of that over, you know, into starting my farm. And, you know, I just, I, I, I understand what it takes to run an event. So, um, you know, this regenerative agriculture group started and it's awesome. And there's always really cool people. And, you know, you get to talk to other people around your region. And, uh, my buddy, Daniel Freeman of Freeman family farms, uh, he posted one day, like, Hey, wouldn't it be cool to have a conference about this kind of thing? And I'm like, Oh man, there's my guy right there. So I hit him up and I'm like, Hey man, you know, I would love to help you set this thing up. And, you know, I come from kind of a marketing band promotional background and, you know, I think I could really help put this thing together. And so at first, man, it was just like kind of a, kind of a pie in the sky idea, you know, like we got all these awesome guys that we really respect and look up to. And, they've inspired a lot of the work that we do on our farms, you know, Curtis Stone, Justin Rhodes, Jack Spierko, Michael Jordan, Mike Vertries, Nicholas Bertner, you know, all these guys that they just, they've really, they're very active in the region, uh, community. And so, you know, we just want to like, how awesome would it be to have these guys come out and deal with some Colorado stuff? Because, you know, Colorado, as nice as all the photos look online and all that it's a very dry and arid climate and it can be really challenging to work in these situations so we wanted to do like a rocky mountain based event you know and so we got together and um had you know had some beers and had some mead and well what if we could get this guy and what if we could get this guy and how, how about we do this and um we start, oh, man, I got fireworks going off my back.
1: <laughs> I've been having that. Sorry about that. I live in the hood, and I've been hearing <laughs> that stuff all week, and I'm like, are those gunshots? <laughs> nah, just fireworks.
2: Yeah, yeah, I got them going off about a block away. So, um, so yeah, uh, we. I think our first guy we hit up was uh, Justin Rhodes, and we're just like, hey, man, you know, we both follow your stuff, and we want to do this event, and he's like, I want to see this happen. I want to support you guys in this venture. And he helped us get it going. And so we started from there and, you know, I hit up Curtis and I'm like, Hey man, uh, <laughs> I think I finally got an event that might be worth, you know, worth your time and, you know, worth the, the t- trouble of traveling out to Colorado. And so we just went from there and one by one and kind of got, you know, we had a couple speakers we hit up here and there and some couldn't make the event and some had conflicts and, you know, we ended up with a, a really solid lineup. So. Uh since then, you know, it's just been before we could even do the release or get anything out, we had to get food figured out and we're selling a hundred tickets. So we got to figure, you know, we had to figure out how to feed a hundred people and we're, we're getting people to, we're we're trying to get people to camp on site as much as possible. You know, there's hotels around if you want to do that, but we want to make it a real, like kind of just out on the ranch, hanging around the campfire, kind of, you know, fellowship, well, man. yeah, we got a we got a bluegrass band that's going to be playing one of the nights. If you <clears throat> excuse me, if you watch the fundraiser video, the band that's playing in the background, uh, they're a band called Chain Station, and they're one of the best bluegrass bands in Colorado. We got them coming out for one of the nights, and um, so yeah, man, it's uh it's going to be a really cool thing. You know, definitely tons of work. <laughs> I think I think way more work than we uh, anticipated getting into it. But you just take one thing at a time, you know, like, okay, well, we got to get this guy here and we got to fly him in. What's that going to cost? We got to set up porta potties and we got to get hand wash stations. What's that going to cost? You know, and you just, you just kind of hack at it one thing at a time. And you know, a lot of, I mean, a lot of brainstorming, a lot of creativity and tons and tons and tons of communication.
1: (laughs) That's crazy, man. That's, uh, that's pretty awesome. So, um, How many people, how many people is it? What's the, what's the max amount of people that can come?
2: We're doing a hundred tickets total because we're going to be running probably two to three classes at a time, uh, just to make the schedule work. You know, we got, we got, um, so just a real quick kind of layout Thursday, Um, about three to four in the afternoon, we're opening up the farm for people to start rolling in and getting settled, get your camp set up, get your tent set up, kind of, you know, meet folks, kind of get your, get your bearings on the place. And, you know, we'll have some food around that night and campfires going and it's kind of just settling on the farm, you know, get to know your neighbors kind of thing. And then, um, so that'd be Thursday and then Friday and Saturday, pretty much all day we're running classes. And, uh, We wanted to keep it, we wanted to keep the classes small, like 20 to 30 people at a time. So you really have the time to talk to these speakers and get to know them. And, you know, if you have questions that you want to get answered, you know, you can get nice and intimate and really get those, get those things kind of hashed out. You know, we didn't want to have the kind of huge setting where there's 200 people in a room and, you know, not a lot of time to really address your personal issues on your farm or your questions. And so, uh, a hundred tickets is the maximum that we're doing and, uh, with staff and all that, you know, we got a lot of, have a lot of staffing going on to facilitate this. We're in, we're anticipating about probably about 130 to 140 people being kind of on site and on farm. But as far as ticket sales, we're doing a hundred flat.
1: So, um, that's pretty cool, man. Are you guys going to be recording, like, audio, doing audio recording, too, of any of this, the classes? So if you're going to be there um, and you want to see certain people talk, but it's a conflict. Um, I know that's a lot to ask. It's just... Uh,
2: no, no, there's... I totally you get where you're coming from. And that's that's kind of one of the things that we're doing is uh, some of the classes are actually going to be kind of repeats. Um, so, like, you know, it'll be at a certain time on Friday... <laughs> And it'll be at a certain time on Saturday as well. So if you don't get it Friday because you're at another class that you want to check out, you can still, you know, check out that same class the next day. Because, you know, there's some really good speakers doing some really good content, and we totally get that. And so we're trying to kind of space that out to make that work, you know. I mean, you might be able to not be able to catch every single thing that you want to, you know, because there's going to be so much, you know, good stuff going on. But... um. So we're working that out, and then we are looking at the possibility of kind of recording some of the event, getting some video and audio stuff. Um, we're not sure how we want to release that right now or, you know, what we want to do with that because we want to, we do want to keep it to, like, kind of the event, you know. Like, there's there's some people that are going to be putting down... A good, you know, a good financial commitment and a good chunk of their weekend to come out and do this thing and be a part of this and really support it. And we want to keep some of that exclusive to those people, you know, to those hardcore supporters, the people that really want to be a part of this. So, you know, I don't think we're going to release like everything online, you know, but um, I can say that we're definitely going to do as much as we can to everybody that's attending the class. We're gonna make it to where you know you don't miss out on anything. We'll, we'll probably have all of the class content available to attendees of the stuff, and then selective things available to the general public.
1: It's pretty that badass. No, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. And so, you know,
2: we, just, we, we want to keep it kind of somewhat exclusive to the people that are really supporting. You know, putting the time and effort into this because it's a it's a special deal, man. So we want to we want to make that special for those folks.
1: Yeah. So how did you go about choosing um, who all you wanted there? Like, I know you got Michael Jordan, Justin Rhodes helped out. I mean, were you looking for things that specifically <laughs> you and uh, um, what's your your partner's name? Dariel.
2: It's Daniel.
1: Daniel. Were, yeah. Were you guys um like looking at things that specifically? You guys already had interested. Like, I know you said you do bees, um, and you know, the, you know, the bee, the bee whisper, Michael Jordan, you know, Curtis Stone's coming. You, you're, you do Curtis Stone style farming. Like, Justin Rhodes says chickens. Like, what, what, um, how were you guys going about, like, trying to, trying to figure out who, you know what I'm saying? Like,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's a big part of it. I'd say the biggest part of it was, uh, trying to get people that directly have inspired and influenced what we're doing on our farms, you know, like, um, I wish I could have got Luke Callahan out here (laughs) because, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's the reason that I have something going right now, you know, and all the, all my Curtis stone stuff, that's, that's like just now coming online, you know? (laughs) So, um, but yeah, we, you know, we tried to go with guys that were, you know, you know, guys and people that are just like really influencing what we're directly doing and who we've learned a lot of our methods from. And beyond that, it was like people that we see really active in the regenerative agriculture community and really pushing and inspiring people and helping people all the time. And so I know, you know, like me and Danielle, we both, you know, I'm huge on the Curtis Stone stuff. That's like, you know. Uh, like fifty percent of what I'm doing, the other fifty percent is my Luke Callahan microgreen stuff. Um, we both imply a lot of uh, Justin Rhodes methods with our chicken stuff. We both got chickens going on. Uh, I think Jack Spearco, you know, he's just been a huge inspiration for both of us in many aspects with farming, gardening, and beyond. So that was kind of a big common link there. And then you know, he's one of the he's one of the really you know, one of the big founders and pushers of the regen group to start with, you know, absolutely. Um, and, uh, uh, Mike virtues, you know, we were, we are just really looking for somebody to do some, we we're we're trying to do as much like hands-on classes with this as we can. We don't want you just sitting there listening to somebody talk and, Um, some classes are going to be kind of more formal like that, you know, like there's, there's some stuff that just kind of requires PowerPoint presentations to really get across what you're trying to say. But, you know, with Mike Vertrees, uh, we want to offer classes where you're actually going out and grabbing soil and picking it up and looking at it and analyzing it and doing that kind of stuff. And so, you know, soil health is huge, huge, huge for what we're trying to do here in Colorado, because we deal with a lot of clay soils, and you know a lot of hard packed stuff and you know soil is a big challenge for us so that was kind of our thing there um nicholas burtner man he is just like off the hook with what he does for the region community you know him and his wife man they are just like crazy crazy permie people man they're just getting stuff done all the time and um so yeah i mean uh who am I? oh brad davies you know he's just, he's just like dude he's the Michael, Michael Jordan and myself have taken to calling Brad Davies the quail king. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, he's killing it. So, yeah, just we really wanted to get guys that, and people that have, like, really inspired us personally and gotten us going and people that we see super active in the regen community.
1: Yeah, that's pretty awesome, man. I mean, I, the reason why I was asking is, you know, whenever I get a comedy show going, it's like a guy that I think is really funny that I want to see. And it's just like, you know, so that, that, that for me is the same thing. You know, if I was putting on this conference, like, you know, I've, I've been talking to Curtis about getting him out here and doing a course, but it's just like timing, figuring out what's working best. We were shooting for March and we were going to, we had some plans. Him and I had talked about, and then it was just like, kind of fell through and he was kind of busy anyway. So I was like, Hey, man, it's just not going to work this year. He goes, cool, dude. Pretty conferenced out at this point. It was in the spring. And, um, and you know, man, that's, that's the way I, I mean, if I put it on an event, that's the way I, I would do it. Is, you know, these are the, because it's like it's easier to have a passion for, for people whose content you're familiar with. And, you know, and it's, it's, um, and I'm not saying that, and not even to say that you're not open to other people's content either. I mean, I don't think that's it, but it's also like, you know, I got to, I got to get this plane ticket for this person. I got to figure this out. I got to figure that out. And it, when you're, when you're lining up porta pots and lining up food and lining up, everything else like that. I mean, it's, you only have so much time, right? I mean, in in a sense.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean, this is just, I mean, this is the first event, man, you know, like if if we're like, you know, that's kind of why we're, um, so on the, on the fundraiser, it's uh 525 for your ticket and we got a hundred tickets up and um, we believe we're going to make that worth every single penny and more like the content that we're going to, you know, get you through this thing we think is worth every penny. It's, you know, it is a financial commitment, but um, we're,
1: I mean, it's, it's the same as permaculture voices though. I think I paid yeah, yeah, 575 yeah. and quite honestly, Diego probably should have charged me more money for all the stuff I got out of it.
2: Exactly, man. Yeah. I mean, we think it's gonna be worth every penny. But so beyond that, there is lower level packages where you can get like hoodies and t shirts and stickers. And uh, we get some really cool wood coasters that you can get. And those packages, we built those in there. Because if we can, you know, if we can sell the 100 tickets, that basically funds the event, you know, it's up there for $60,000. And a lot of people might see that number and be like, $60,000. And it's like, well, yeah, we were flying in speakers. and We got to pay travel fees and we're housing people and we got to do all this stuff. And, you know, that's, we crunched the numbers as hard as we could to make this as affordable as we possibly could and, you know, still deliver good quality food and a good, you know, experience for everybody. But so that's kind of what that ticket price is. But on the lower level packages, the reason we built those in there is, you know, if you can't make the event... Yeah, you can get some really cool lower-level packages. Okay, so you can, you know, get lower-level packages where you can get, like, um, like Brad Davies is offering in one of the packages. Uh, you can do remote sessions with Brad Davies online where he'll teach you SketchUp to do permaculture designs. And so, you know, we're trying to... The reason we have those in there is if you want to get still support, you get some cool stuff out of it, and we make a little bit of extra on top because we're trying to build this into, you know, basically a business to where we can, we can run these different events all throughout the year. Sometimes there might be a, sometimes it might be 20 people, you know, it, it might be a, a mead making class with Michael Jordan or, you know, it might be a beekeeping class or it might be, you know, bee, just whatever, you know, we want to have all, you know, we might do some at my property, on urban farming and showing you some of Curtis Stone's methods and things like that, you know? So we're, we're really trying to, we don't want to just do this one event. We want to have several events in the future with all kinds of speakers from all kinds of different places, you know, like, um, uh, we were gonna, you know, we asked Nicholas Bertner if his wife wanted to do a a class on this one and, you know, she's not going to do one here, but, you know, hopefully in the future we can get them out here again and have everybody doing classes and, we just we're we're trying to get as many speakers out to this region as we can and we want to see other people do this you know in other places too. get some other events going in other parts of the country because it's all very specific as to where you live man everything changes and it's all different your climate's different and so yeah man i mean we're just we're really psyched about it we're psyched about this event and we want to build this into future events you know with more people and you know so yeah that's kind of what we're going for
1: that's pretty awesome man and uh Thanks for killing yourself to try to put this on, man. Like, uh, (laughs) take some balls, man. It takes some balls to do it, man. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. And I, uh, I applaud you guys doing it. That's why I wanted to get you on and support it, man. I mean, uh, you know, it's, I'm going to do everything I can personally to, to try to make this thing happen. And. And I'm going to be there. So if you want to hang out with me, I'm, I'm kind of cool to hang out with, but not really. (laughs) Uh, Scott's going to come. Me and Scott are going to come. I mean, we're, we're there. I mean, and it's, and it's going to be fun, man. I mean, I think not just that you get to learn, man, but the networking, man, like all the friends you meet. Like I've met so many cool people at permaculture voices that to me to go here is, is a no brainer, man, because I can't, I can't tell you how much going to that event helped me. I mean, not just, you know, podcast content I got, but just networking and having friends dude. like meeting other people that are doing the same shit that you're trying to do. And it's empowering, man. It's like a lot of times when you do small scale farming like this, man, there's a lot of people that just feel alone doing it. Like, um, that are just holding it down in their little corner of, of the country or their, their little neighborhood just doing this. And, and you know they don't they can't really talk to other people about it and then you know this is a way you build relationships and friendships for the future and then shit man you you got a cool place to stay i mean if you want to go travel to colorado i'd be like <laughs> hey benton can i go camping in your yard and come hang out in colorado you know what i'm saying like it's 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 just kind of that thing man i mean i think it's um it's just worth it for so many different reasons
2: man that's that's like the core of why we're doing what we're doing here. Um, You know, like there is, I mean, that's, yeah, dude, like that's, you know, there's what we're really shooting for is to try, what we're really hoping for is that the majority of ticket buyers are gonna be either within the state or maybe a state or two away. And we, that's what we wanna do this for. You know, with the class content is gonna be killer. It's gonna be great. And, you know, all that educational aspect is going to be great, but like beyond that, you're camping on site, you're hanging out at the campfire, you're having mead, you're talking people that that live within your region, like you said, that are doing the same stuff trying to build the same things and yeah man it can feel you can feel really alone in this stuff sometimes like it is just daunting sometimes how much you're taking on and so if you can build these relationships with people and get the networking in and i mean it's just that's where it's at man and that's you know that's that's what we're really trying to do with this is just like build this community man because this whole thing started off community it started off all these awesome people coming together and the Regenerative Agriculture Facebook group, you know, we're up to, like, 15,000 people now. And just, like, people doing stuff, man, getting stuff done. Like, like, here's what I built today. Here's my greenhouse. Oh, I seeded this. I got this heirloom going today. Oh, I ordered these awesome plants from Grant Schultz, you know. Like, people are just killing it, man. And they're, like, we're we're changing the way that backyards work, man, (laughs) you know, like one little tiny half acre or quarter acre or whatever at a time, man, we're, we're making stuff happen. And that's, that's the core of this man. Like that's why, that's really why we're doing what we're doing is to just like empower this community and bring more people together to try and get that going.
1: Well, that's awesome. Uh, so and if people want to follow you in your progress on your farm what's a good way for people to to follow you and and keep keep in touch with for with what you have going on in your personal farm
2: uh, definitely facebooking it up quite a bit so neoteric farms n e o t e r i c farms uh, do that quite a bit. Instagram's pretty cool. I like hopping on there quite a bit. That's at Neoteric farms. I do Twitter every once in a while. I'm not very good at Twitter, but just, same, just addre- Twitter same address, same address
1: there. Uh, Instagram. I always just, that's all I really use Twitter for anymore is via Instagram.
2: There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's all really easy. Pretty, pretty simple to find pretty easy. Um, so yeah, Facebook, um, Instagram, do Twitter, um, I do have a website if there's any Colorado restaurants that are interested and want to check out our stuff at neotericfarms.com. And then um, the, uh, you already gave the fundraiser site, but if you want to check out our actual website for the event we're, we're, we're pulling off here, it's uh, regenerativeagriculture.farm. So, yeah, those are all pretty, pretty quick ways to see what's going on and uh, see what we're working on
1: badass man well everybody i hope you guys uh decide to go if you can and if not maybe just get in one of these smaller packages to help make this event happen so anyways Ben, thanks for taking the time to get on here man and um and promote your event and and talking to me and all that and uh everybody else you know thanks for listening again don't forget this podcast is also brought to you by newfarmsupply.com we just talked about grant schultz And his website, and that's it. You get you save 20% if you use code word sample. Also, there's a link in the show notes for you can actually save a hundred dollars on Curtis Stone's course as well. So, do that stuff as well and check and support this thing. I'm just going to tell people, like, hey, just do this, this, and that. Really, focus on this regenerative agriculture conference though. So, let's do that. Anyways, Penton, thanks for coming on man and, and dealing with my nonsense. And uh, Hey man,
2: I I really appreciate you having me on. I really appreciate you and Scott and everybody's support on this thing. Uh, you know, we know it's a commitment for time and a little bit of money for people, but we really think it's going to be a big thing. And uh, for those hundred tickets, man, that's it. We, we're real, we we're real excited about the hundred select people that are going to come and share that experience with us and, you know, help us kick this thing off because we're planning on doing some really cool stuff in the future. So really appreciate your support, man.
1: Yeah, not a problem, man. I'm happy to. Well, guys, thanks again for tuning in and uh, we'll get back with you soon.